This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I chanced upon this very interesting article in entrepreneur.com, if I'm not mistaken, and it was about branding. And branding is something I studied in school, so I... I recognize the importance of it, but this article I found truly encapsulated why businesses should not be placing branding on the back burner, not even during this pandemic. And here's an excerpt from this article. Branding is not an afterthought, one to be put off until things are not too busy. First, this mythical time is unlikely to come. Second, it is the foundation of a company's identity. You simply cannot afford to operate without being able to show your target audience who you are. Now, if you'd like to read this article, it's by Jessica Wong and you can find it on entrepreneur.com. Just look for the article titled Branding is Indispensable. But to help build on this point, why branding is indispensable, why it's for every business and how branding can help heal our ailing economy, we have on the line with us today my favorite branding expert, Alina Abdullah, founder of Yellow Tree. Hi, my name is Alina. I am the founder of Yellow Tree Malaysia. We make branding accessible to all. We are a training consultancy and um, a company that basically helps the community when it comes to brand and marketing. Alina, thank you for joining us on Resource Center. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you for having me, Audrey. So earlier in your introduction, you said um, how Yellow Tree strives to make branding accessible to all. And I know that you uh, not just focus on SMEs, but also smaller micro businesses, the underserved communities. Maybe you want to talk to us about uh, what this what this means and why you're focusing on these businesses. Well, I mean, that's a really great question, Audrey, because, um, well, Yellow Tree came about, um, you know, really during the first MCO, right, during the pandemic. And um, we wanted to actually help uh, businesses of all sizes. And I, I literally woke up one morning and said that I think branding needs to be available to everybody. And at that time when, you know, people were going through so much hardship, um, I really wanted to bridge the gap between the haves and haves not. And what do I mean by this? Because branding is usually um, available for those who can afford it, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about big businesses, big brands who can, you know, shell out millions uh, or billions, you know, every year. But how about those in, you know, uh, who have started their business in at homes? And during the pandemic, there were so many of them. Um, and I said, let's let's start with them because, you know, they're in the urban areas. They, they need to understand a little bit about branding. And um, then I decided to push myself a little bit further and say, could it be possible that branding um, is uh, relevant for underserved communities such as the Oran Asli or mm. you know, the Oran Kampong in East Malaysia? So when I you know, wanted to make it accessible, I really wanted to make it you know, um, available for people in their own language. Mm. Is branding really for everyone? I know there's personal branding. I know it's also important for every business to understand um, their brand in order for them to kind of pass that message on to their target audience. But is it really for everyone? 
and for every entity? Well, it's interesting because it depends on how what you mean by that. Is it for everybody? Let me go back to um, how people actually perceive branding. You'll be very surprised, right? When people think of branding, it's probably just a logo. Yeah, mm. it's uh, expensive um, uh, advertising, right? It's all about the sexy things. But people actually forget there's an end-to-end approach to branding, okay? And for us, we, we built this business model where branding touches on innovation, development of the products or services that you have, and of course, marketing and communications, which is the advertising, the logo, your external brand interactions, all the way to sales, all the way to supply and demand, generating it, as well as sustainability management. Now, depending on how big your business is or what it is that you need, we actually take a look at this entire end-to-end approach and see how we can help you at, mm-hmm. at that point in time in your business. Hmm. I also, I mean, I'm looking, thinking back to when I actually studied branding in school, right? I, yeah. I understand that having an unclear idea of your brand can be dangerous. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, because um, if you're not clear um, in terms of, we start with your brand identity and how you develop it, it mm-hmm. could literally go haywire, right? And um, I really feel, and through the experience for over or about two years now, there are a lot of brands that, that don't take it seriously, right? And this is where we go into simple foundations, such as building an authentic vision, understanding what mission actually is, uh, versus just putting, you know, um, targets yearly. Yeah, that, that, that's not really a mission, nor is it a vision. What is it that you're promising to your customers? People don't do that. And I think going back to your question, Audrey, values, right? How many times have we seen those values posted up on, you know, the walls of the HR department? I mean, I think those days are gone. I think mm. um, the founders of companies or the leadership team, including those all the way, uh, you know, at at the manager or the executive level, everyone should be involved in this process, right? Now, once you know that, then, you know, you're you're ready to go. Okay, so if I'm understanding this correctly, um, your brand's vision, mission, values, uh, your brand promise, all of these things, they are still important, but it's not the kind of stuff that we put up on our HQ walls anymore. There's more to it, right, today? Absolutely, you're right, right? I mean, we've, uh, I think over the past two years, even during the pandemic, we have seen so much transparency because of social media and digitalization. You can't lie anymore. You can't say that, oh, yes, our, our values is such, you know, we empower people, uh, we give them opportunities, we are diverse, we are inclusive. And people see that you are actually acting in a different way. And there have been many companies from different industries out there that have been called out on social mm. media and they can't avoid it. There's no longer, you know, uh, let's, let's get our PR teams to cover it up. Industries from the luxury industry, the fashion industry, um, the medical pharmaceutical industries. I mean, there are so many examples. So, yeah, just to answer mm. your question. And how do we help Cascade these these things down? I mean, talking about your, your company vision, your mission. Um, I mean, like for those larger corporations, it might be easier to kind of have town halls or, you know, do trainings and things like that. But, but how do you try and cascade this message down to your workforce if you're working in small and medium uh, companies or, or micro businesses, in fact? How, how do you do this? 
It's interesting because I think that's the second or the third step that people take. They try to cascade things down. And this is what I tell a lot of clients. And, you know, when we do talks, et cetera, uh, the branding process must start even before you start cascading. You need to start um, hiring the right people. And, you know, it's sort of like, uh, let me just put it simply, you know, uh, personalities and characters, right? Um, people need to uh, be in places where there's alignment in that, alignment in values, alignment in beliefs, etc. And when they enter that organization or the entity, it becomes a lot easier to cascade it down because the values of that brand are aligned. Now, that's when, you know, when, when you don't do that and when you start hiring simply for the sake of hiring or you don't, as an individual, let's just say you are someone who wants to apply for a job. You just want to go there because probably it's the sexiest thing ever, you know, to be in that, in that company. But you forget to ask yourself, what are your values? Um, let me do a little bit of research and see if they're aligned with mine. Then I'm ready to go, you know, to work for that company. Okay. I also realize that sometimes um, maybe you feel that your values are aligned with the corporation that, or, or the organization that you're about to um, jump into. But I'm talking about translating that into the work that you do and the sense of purpose that you have. You know, you want to talk to us about that as well? Interesting, because, um, you know, in some of the, 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 the trainings that we have, we do talk a little bit about uh, the Ikigai concept, which is um, a Japanese mm. concept where you align, you know, your uh, your passion, your purpose, etc., and what you're good at, etc., right? And I think you need to know that first. Um, and um, when you understand that purpose, you can also go back and take a look at that uh, the entity itself and ask that question straight away to the leaders who are leading you and say, what is the actual vision of this company, right? Beyond that sort of the market shares and being the best, the top number one. I mean, honestly, that's very surface. But what is that company's purpose when they are here on earth right now? What, what is your contribution? And I think that conversation is becoming more and more relevant and more and more apparent. Leaders need to have an answer for that. Why is your company here, right? And when that's aligned with yours, then you can go to work every day and every single thing that you do is aligned with that. You know, a very good example is like, uh, I think uh, Google has a very good vision. You know, it's all about making uh, information accessible to everyone, right? And when, when you take a look at that, you know that it's, um, it is very, uh, it's unique, right? Everyone who goes to work at Google is all about making that information universally available. So whether you're in finance, whether you are a marketeer, whether you are uh, in sales, you know that's your end goal, right? It's not just about profitability and, you know, being the only business that, you know, creates really unique apps that are only exclusive for certain types of people. Right. Okay. Um, we are going to need to take a quick break for some messages right now. But when we come back, we touch a bit on the rise of personal branding and branding for micro businesses as well with Alina Abdullah, the founder of Yellow Tree. All that and more happening on Resource Center. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Balanced Frank Medium. BFM. 
You are listening to Risa Center. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have Alina Abdullah. She is my favorite branding expert uh, and also the founder of Yellow Tree. I'm sorry I keep calling you that, Ali, but like I can't help it. Uh, you know you're my fave. Uh, now, um, Alina, I have to ask you, right? Like, what happened to the emphasis that organizations used to place on branding why is it feel like it's kind of been put on the back burner over the last decade or so i mean we've seen the larger organizations you know dump their money into it like you said earlier you know they just keep shelling that shelling out cash for branding and they focus on branding and like but it's kind of like lost into like the the middle segment and the smes and the micro businesses you know what's happened to it i mean is branding not sexy anymore I think branding is always sexy, right? I think what's important is how are you using those tools, you know, that you've learned or gained? So like you said, you know, there, there are a lot of companies who shell out millions and millions or billions of dollars on branding. But if it's only to just make yourself, uh, you know, popular and to be number one and just to increase your market share, I mean, while that's very good because you need to make money, we're, we're a business, right? Branding helps businesses. But what are you doing with that to empower your people internally so that they re- they are reflective of the brand that you stand for. I think there's there's not a lot of um, time or emphasis on that to answer your question. And what has happened to it? It's, it's become a, an advertising tool, a very one-way external tool. We mm. call it brand interaction. You know, it's like, yeah, so that everyone loves us and buys our brand. But what are you doing to empower your people? Like you said just now about cascading it down and building a community to love your brand and truly love your brand. There's not enough time being put in that, you know, Mm. so that it grows organically versus inorganically forcing, you know, like having meetings with agencies to come through, you know, come up with brand, uh, sexy brand documents just to externalize yourself i think there needs to be more done yeah Mm. to 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 help people in your organization understand the purpose of your brand okay so time is one thing but what about money is it expensive to brand yourself properly yeah okay that's a really great question because i think that's why we exist um we just you know we wanted to create a business model like you said to make it affordable and, you know, I was working with, uh, I just throwing ideas with uh, one of my, my friends, you know, who's, who's a very senior person in the, in the brand industry. And we came up with something very simple. We need to ask ourselves, what do people actually need at different levels of society? You know, whether you're a multi-billion dollar business, whether you are an SME, a micro SME, or even, like we said, the Orang Asli or Orang Kampong which we are doing projects with. So what we do, because of my experience, right, we take a very big brand model, right? Um, And this is applicable to huge industries and those who can afford it. And what we do is we chunk it down, right? We chunk it down and apply it to the way people learn, right? How it's relevant to them. Because the person, for example, um, who has a stall, on the, on the street, they live day to day, right? They don't have time to be sitting in groups and, you know, talking about their brand identity for two months. <laughs> they don't, they, they, they just don't. So what can we do to help them? Perhaps we can, you know, go and have a look at the end-to-end approach and say, how can we help them with innovation? 
right? How can we help them with um, brand identity? How can we help them in terms of sales or how can they expand their channel, right? Um, so it really is about um, chunking it down so that in, it's in bite sizes and only then can you make it affordable to people, right? Uh, giving them what they need. Can you give us a case study? Because I'm just um, curious about how you perform this process with like your, your micro entrepreneurs and your micro skilled businesses. Okay. I can, I can give you a very simple um, case study of homepreneurs, right? Homepreneurs are actually um, people who uh, run from home, right? They can be making soaps to cookies or uh, they have services. For example, they sell, uh, they do drop shipping, right? And I think um, I, I give that as an example because you have to understand they don't have a lot of time, again, to be sitting in meeting rooms, right? So what we do is we scale down the information that they need and really focus on, yes, the vision, the mission, the brand promise and the values as well, right? We take mm, a look at mm. that and, and really ask them, what is, it, what is it that they want to do? And once they understand that, we need to go into their business, right, their business model, and see how can they um, stand out, because they forget that they do need to stand out in order to gain, you know, traction, to gain business. And I think um, they have the capacity and they have the knowledge to comprehend uh, the training that we do with them, right? And they they finally find out that, you know, for example, when they do their logo, they have to take all this into consideration. Mm. When they post on social media, um, all the basics and the foundation of brand is connected. So it's no longer just posting as they please or, you know, changing their logo every other month or, you know, um, or just talking and, and creating products as, as they wish. When they, when they are given this knowledge, Audrey, they realize that they have a direction. There's a path. It becomes very clear. And that is one of the case studies that's ongoing as well, because we are very much involved in building home entrepreneurs. Mm, very interesting. Earlier, I mentioned a bit about personal branding and yeah. like there was this wave of uh, personal branding trainings and masterclasses going on just before the pandemic. And it was, I think for a couple of years, it was like mm -hmm. the, the thing to do, you know, um, is personal branding still what it used to be, say, a decade ago now with social media uh, being what it is? Because it just feels like it's made personal branding something that's accessible to everyone. You know, you don't have to be a someone to kind of have a personal brand today, right? So right. can you talk to us uh, more about the space and how it's um, evolved over, say, the last decade or so? Well, that's interesting because um, I think it was coined by an American uh, writer, I think, Tom Peters, I think he uh, he's the one who coined the term personal branding, I think in the 1970s. And um, at that at that point in time, it was, again, like you said, it was just accessible to those who are in the corporate world or brands and uh, people in the leadership team, right? Mm. And what's happened is because of the rise of social media, um, people are, you know, uh, going into business, right? Or they're becoming influencers in their own right. And that's when, you know, the internet, really played a huge role in making this, this concept available to everyone, so accessible to everyone. And the thing is, it depends on how you're approaching personal branding, right? For us at Yellow Tree, it's again about authenticity. 
right? It's all about building your personal brand uh, from a very um, uh, simple foundation because we feel that once you've done that, you can actually expand your personal brand versus just taking classes and you know um, let's 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 do personal branding on YouTube or let's 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 uh, let's gain followers on Instagram, you know, mm. because it's been the information we get out there is very how-to driven. Like, you know, this is how you do it to get X amount of followers. Now, while that's good, they're only tools, right? Because for us, we don't believe in just telling people how to expand, um, you know, their audience through tools because tools change every day. We could find another Facebook, another Instagram in the next two months. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so we really go back and really say personal branding. You need to also approach it in the way some of the companies and brands, uh, commercial brands approach it. Because you're hmm. a product at the end of the day. You're your own CEO at the end of the day. So it's a similar process to like how big brands do it? Absolutely. You can actually use um, the process that products and services um, you know, adhere to and, and use that as your personal brand. We actually, again, chunk down a lot of the, the information. And um, we found that it's extremely applicable. Because at the end of the day, we are the one facing the audience just like any product or service, right? So there are many things that we can actually learn uh, from, from corporate branding that's applicable to personal branding. All right. Thank you for, for that, Ali. Uh, now, before I let you go, um, maybe you can talk to us a bit about Yellow Tree and some of the projects that you're working on and you know what, how you're hoping to expand in the year uh, 2022. I know that it's uh, important to you to work with micro-businesses, the underserved uh, communities, because... Um, you feel like they are the future and the key to healing our economy. So maybe you want to talk to us about some of the plans you have in store for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're really excited. Um, we have, uh, for example, a project uh, with the Oran Kampung in Sarawak with our um, partner, Langit Collective. And we are bringing um, brand modules uh, we call it the Langit Agrobusiness Incubator. Uh, we're really going to bring um, knowledge to the Orang Kampung. As we speak, uh, the team is uh, doing a pilot to, uh, to teach the Orang Kampung about how to develop products to add value to their services and products that they, they make and create. That's one. Number two, we are also working with um, underserved communities such as the homepreneurs, you know, women especially, because they are at home and they would love to learn more about branding. And we're building that. There's actually a summit that's ongoing uh, uh, so that we uh, reach a wider target audience um, so that people can understand the basics of branding. Um, and I think one of the projects that I'm very excited about is actually personal branding. There's, there's just this huge growth of entrepreneurs here in Malaysia, which is, it's, 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 very, uh, it's very good to know. And it's, it's a great indication that the economy uh, hopefully is going to, um, to get a lot better in 2022 because they're starting businesses. They're approaching us to get help for branding. Mm. So mm. three things that I'm very excited about this year so that we can drive you know, our services to, to the community. Right. And for our listeners tuning in right now who maybe like to learn more about your services uh, and how you're making branding accessible for all, uh, is there a website that they can go to? How can they get in touch with you, Alina? Um, absolutely. You can go to our website, www.yellowtree.com.my. Uh, have a look at our wonderful uh, community leaders uh, who can help you with your businesses. 
uh, or business uh, because it actually ranges from branding to marketing to tech uh, to uh, media as well as intellectual property rights. So whether you are a big or a small business, if you're keen to understand how we can help you or even be involved in the projects that we are spearheading this year, come come and you know have a look at what we do and contact us. Right. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. More on Resource Centre, same time next week. But till then, on behalf of Alina Abdullah from Yellow Tree, Malaysia, as well as myself, Audrey Raj, thank you for listening. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.